In today's Live Treasured podcast, my special guest, Hallie Everett's. Everybody, I'm Aline Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries, and I want to welcome you beautiful, gorgeous, amazing women of the Treasured Tribe to the Live Treasured podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Hallie Everett. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to talk to you today. I'm so glad that you are here, and let me give our listeners, just a little background. If you've been listening to my podcast, you know that uh, that I have a interest in finding out about the Mormon church because when I drive out of my driveway and drive out of my neighborhood, there's a Mormon church right in front of where I live inside of Raleigh. And for years I would drive, I would see the church, didn't think anything of it. Then I began to see the missionaries in their white shirts and on their bikes. And I began to think about, you know, if they came to my house, would I even know what to say? Would I know what they believed or enough to have a conversation that would, uh, that would lead them to my faith or would give an opportunity for me to present my faith to them. And so I started on this journey learning about the Mormon church, and I was really blown away with a lot of what I learned. And one of the truths that I see as I listen to uh, people who have left the Mormon church and are now um, walking out the Christian faith is this amazing, beautiful appreciation of the grace of God and the word of God. And so I have been listening to different people on YouTube and podcasts. And one woman that I just loved listening to because she was so, she's so courageous. She's so courageous Mm -hmm. is Miss Hallie Everett's. And she has a YouTube channel and she talks about not only the journey, her faith journey that she's on, but she talks about parenting and things that are going on in her personal life. And I just love her YouTube channel. So I encourage you to connect uh, with her there. And she's here today just to share with us a little bit of her story. So uh, Hallie, why don't you give us a little bit of background on um, how long you were, how you became a Mormon, and how long you were inside of that faith. All right, here we go. It's a wild ride. Everybody buckle up. Here's the story. So um, I was raised, uh, I would say I was raised Catholic. I had uh, like the first communion, and I I was actually baptized as an infant uh, Protestant. But when my parents got divorced, I went and lived with my dad full time. And I would just say with my mother on the weekends. And when I was 10 years old and I was at my mother's house over the weekend, those missionaries that you saw out there in their white shirts and tie and name tag knocked on the door. 
and my mother invited them in. They taught her their lessons. She accepted baptism very quickly. And so because I stayed at her house on the weekends, I started going to Mormon church with her every weekend. So I was 10 years old and I went to Mormon church for five years before I got baptized. I went to church every Sunday. I went to the midweek activities. I participated just as if I was a Mormon child. Um, but I did officially get baptized when I was 15. Mm -hmm. I had some spiritual experiences and I felt like this church is true and I want to be part of it and I want to receive the blessings of being a member of this church. Mm -hmm. And so, so 15, you made that commitment to the church and, yes. um, and then went to Brigham Young University. Is that correct? I did. Yeah. I was not planning on going there. I had no desire to leave upstate New York where I grew up. Um, I wanted to stay there close to my hometown. I wanted to go to college in New York, but from some persuasive people, I decided to give BYU a chance and I got in and I went. I left my friends, my family, my boyfriend, and went to the other side of the country to do what Mormons do and to do what I felt like God wanted me to do. So I went to Brigham Young University for college. And then um, when you when you left Brigham Young University, when you graduated and got married, um, you even wrote a book on yeah on on um, coming back to the Mormon Church. Or, or um, can you tell us about that? Yeah. So while I was at BYU um, during my last year there. I had some doubts about the religion because, you know, I felt like I sacrificed so much for this church. I was trying to do God's will and I broke up with my boyfriend from back home. I wanted to find a return missionary to marry in the temple. And I was so active in my ward and in my callings, which are sort of volunteer jobs you have in the church that you're assigned to do. Um, but I just felt like I did everything I was supposed to be doing to be righteous and good. And I was waiting for God to bless me and reward me for that. And it wasn't happening. And I, I started saying, well, maybe like the, all these things that I've been promised, like in blessings, you know, Mormons believe that they have this special priesthood power and you can receive special blessings where God will tell you directly things that he wants you to know. And I felt like all of those things that I've been promised weren't happening. And mm -hmm. um, it just really made me start to question. And I questioned everything that is core to the Mormon belief, such as the plan of salvation, like what happens when we die and where we came from and going to heaven, different levels of heaven and being with our families forever. And mm -hmm. Everything started to unravel for me. I just didn't know if it was true. So I stopped following it. When I graduated from BYU, I moved to Arizona. I didn't know anyone there, mm -hmm. but I didn't want to stay in Utah anymore because I didn't believe in Mormonism anymore. So I spent about a year um, without any religion in my life, honestly. I was very just lost and sad, and I, I couldn't trust God is how I felt. So I wasn't really praying. I wasn't going to church. Um, but then through a series of events, I miraculously came back to the Mormon church and mm -hmm. was stronger than ever. Truly. I met my husband, got married in the temple. And that's where that book that I have published came out. It's called why I left the Mormon church and came back because mm -hmm. 
I did leave for a year and then I came back and my faith was never stronger. So you wrote a book on that, why you left and why you came back. And so you were very deeply committed and, and involved in, in being, in being a Mormon, um, with, with your husband and, and inside of your life and, uh, and had a blog and, you know, would talk about this on YouTube and, and all that sort of thing. So you were definitely deeply involved, um, in, inside of the church and in, in that pathway. So yeah, tell us, um, when you felt like that this was not, um, this was not real for you. I mean, it was so real for me. It was literally like my entire life. Like you said, it was all about my family and my, my income. Even I became like an influencer because I made money from YouTube. And all I did was share the gospel and teach others. I made it my mission to prepare people for the temple so that they wouldn't be scared. I wanted to teach Christians about Mormonism. I tried to argue with Christians about why Mormonism mm -hmm. is true and why it is a Christian religion. I mean, it, I just felt like it was my mission, especially mm -hmm. after leaving the church for a year and then coming back to it. I really felt like this is what God wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was last year, it was in 2020. Um, honestly, when, when COVID happened and the world kind of shut down, I was left to reflect a lot. Mm -hmm. And there was no church. The Mormon church closed down their meetings. They closed mm -hmm. down their temples. There was no worship at all. And I started having to find ways to connect to God on my own instead of mm -hmm. just by going to church. Mm -hmm. And I started watching Christian movies and listening to Christian music. Mm -hmm. And I realized like, oh, Mormons don't have a monopoly on being moral good people. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that there were Christians who really loved Jesus and lived their lives mm -hmm. for him and trying to follow him. So is that so, is that the perception inside of the Mormon church that Christians don't really follow God or, or yes. we're just not serious about our faith or? Yeah, okay. as, as far as I can tell, um, basically what Mormons teach, especially youth and teenagers is they teach you, you have to hang out with Mormons because they're the ones who aren't going to be partying, doing drugs, sleeping around, swearing, watching mm -hmm. pornography or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, explicit movies or whatever. Like mm -hmm. you're taught to hang out with people of like values and Mormons are the ones who are safest. I've never heard of yeah you can be friends with other christians like mm -hmm. it's always been stay with mormons they're mm -hmm. safe they're the ones who are moral mm -hmm. so um so then so but then through christian music and um just beginning to listen to other christian resources you found that not to be true yeah i did and then that kind of counterbalanced this other thought that i had which was I started listening to Mormons stories, these uh -huh. women who are my age, a little bit older, a little bit younger, and their experiences in the church and the pain that they had to endure and suffer uh -huh. because of the church and church leadership and church doctrine. And 
I had always defended the church 1 million percent. If anyone was offended or hurt by something, I always said, that's not the church. That's not God or Jesus. You know, Mm -hmm. those are just imperfect people. That's Mm -hmm. not the church. Mm -hmm. But I started kind of opening my heart. It was amazing. Honestly, I can't explain it. it. It truly was. If you can visualize someone's eyes and heart literally opening up to finally being able to see things outside of what they've only seen with blinders on. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I never would have even given other Mormon stories a chance, but here I am now listening to them and having empathy for them and saying, mm-hmm. wow, the Mormon church really has done a lot of damage and hurt a lot mm-hmm. of people. And mm-hmm. the, I wouldn't want to go through that. I don't want to raise my kids to have to endure that. You're basically playing Russian roulette when you go to Mormon church because you could get a horrible leader, you could get a horrible bishop, and they mm-hmm. do something that literally scars your kids for life and damages their self-esteem, their relationship with God. Like mm-hmm. It's so risky. So I started feeling like, man, I don't think Mormonism is safe. Like Christianity seems a lot safer than Mormonism when it comes to not only morality, but just your mental health and your confidence and your relationship with God and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Was there um, Was there one resource in particular that really, um, from a Christian perspective that really began to draw you into to, to the thinking, you know, um, that maybe this is the truth that I need to follow. This is going to sound really, really corny. Um, but there's this Christian movie called, I still believe do you know that yes, movie? Jeremy Camp. Yep. Yep. Uh, honestly, that movie is one of the things that did it for me. I could not get that out of my mind. Not just his story and about his wife and, you know, that heartbreaking experience that they had to go through, but the, all these people who like just love Jesus and, and worship him and really, truly try to follow him. And I didn't know anything like that as far as i knew people who were christians would only go to church on like christmas and easter and they still you know drank and slept around and were Mm -hmm. you know not making the best life decisions not reading their bible they weren't you know being real christians they were just part-time christians or whatever so it blew my mind that that there are really people who live their life this way and truly love jesus and i almost felt like I feel like they love Jesus more than I do as a Mormon. And like, Mm -hmm. I've devoted my whole life to like preaching Mm -hmm. the gospel. Mm -hmm. And it seems like they are way more connected to him than I am. Right. Right. And so that sort of whet your appetite for there's, there's got to be something more than, you know, than, than what I have. Um, And so what, what steps did you take? Um, Well, first thing I had to do was, disprove Mormonism because even if Mormonism is dangerous culturally or organizationally, if it's true, it's true. If the Book of Mormon is true and Joseph Smith really restored this church and Mm -hmm. if the president of the church really is a prophet, like Mm -hmm. I have to follow it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of started trying to debunk all the claims that Mormonism isn't true because I wanted to believe it was. I gave my entire life to this church. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you as went I was sort of on a soul searching mission, like the yeah. the music just, you know, that sort of awakened something in you to say, 
and then the stories from the Mormon church where people have been hurt, where you just said, you know what, let me just pause and let me like dive into this and see, you know, really what is this all about and not just immediately jump to defending it, but wait a minute, let me just look inside of this. And just for our listeners, so, and this is something like that I learned when I was doing, you know, when I was diving into the Mormon church, um, that when Joseph Smith came and started the Mormon church, his claim was, and correct me if I'm wrong, that he had the true gospel, that the Bible was not accurate, um, Mm -hmm. and he had the true gospel. And so he um, wrote the Book of Mormon, and that was now supposed to be the true church. Yeah, so they say the Book of Mormon is another testament of Jesus Christ, meaning it backs up the Bible, it adds to the Bible, it Mm -hmm. gives more fullness, more completeness. The Bible isn't wrong, it's just not complete, it's just not Mm -hmm. extremely correct. So Mm -hmm. the Book of Mormon uh, was inspired, and God (laughs) gave Joseph Smith this book to teach the world what's actually true and complete mm-hmm. you know according to mormons according to mormons and then they they also believe that and correct me if i'm wrong that if somebody is the prophet the designated prophet inside of the church that whatever they say is like thus saith the lord is that correct Oh man, that's such a tricky question. So this is one of the problems with Mormonism is you have this battle between when is it a man speaking and when is it God speaking? Mm -hmm. So yes, the prophet of the church, and he's not only the prophet of the church, he is the prophet of the world. They believe that every person on the planet should be listening to this one guy. This guy's Mm -hmm. the prophet. That's a lot of power to give one person. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah. And, he, and they get up uh, in front of the world, televised twice a year, mm-hmm. and they teach and they can change the church. They, they, they have a lot of power. Um, and yeah, Mormons believe that this guy uh, speaks directly for God. He can see the future. He is a prophet, seer, and revelator. He can reveal the future. He can see the future. He mm-hmm. can hear God's will and communicate that to the world. And what he says Uh, Here's kind of the Mormon doctrine. What the modern prophet says supersedes what has previously been said. So if a prophet 50 years ago said something, but now the prophet today says something different, Mm -hmm. only what the current prophet says is doctrine now. The other. (laughs) Yeah. Which is why. And and this is the other thing that, you know, that I learned as I was talking to people. And again, just jump in if I, cause you're probably like, you know, you just started down this road. You don't know what you're talking about, but anyway, <laughs> but, but there was a woman that I talked to that, um, that left polygamy and which is, I mean, we won't go down that rabbit trail, but that's, you know, the fundamental side of, of the Mormon church, but she mm-hmm. left and then, of course, wanted nothing to do with any religion, anything, anywhere. She ends up um, reading her Bible and getting so excited about grace. And she's a strong Christian now, and she helps women to come out of polygamy. But um, 
when I was talking with her and she was explaining to me that, because I was like, how, like, how did this happen? How did Brigham Young have, you know, over 40 wives or whatever it was? And how did all, like, how did everybody follow that? And she said that, you know, they were told that that, that was God's word, that whatever the prophet said went. And then she yeah. said, and I said, gosh, like, but how come they didn't say, but this isn't what the Bible says. And she said, because they weren't reading, they weren't reading their Bibles. And so there, there wasn't that pull with, um, with God's word. And a lot of Mormons that I talked to who have left the Mormon church and who um, have decided to become a Christian and, and um, they love they love grace and they love the word of God because it allows um, it allows them to discern the truth. Yes, that's exactly it. And that's where you know that there is safety in this because the Bible isn't changing. There's no one coming and saying, yeah, that was true, but now I'm going to tell you this. And mm -hmm. everything can be fact checked with the Bible. And yeah. Uh, something that Mormons rely on is their feelings. So those people mm -hmm. who were following Brigham Young back then, they got these warm, fuzzy feelings in their heart. And they said, mm -hmm. okay, that's the Holy Spirit telling me it's true and I need to follow him. Mm -hmm. Well, the Bible tells us we can't trust our feelings. We have to trust what Jesus said in the Bible. Yeah. So it's amazing that you can just trust the Bible and check everything against that. And if it does not go along with the Bible, then you know it's not from God. Well, but and, you're exactly right. Mormons one, didn't do that. One of the things that I tell women a lot, because I think, I mean, even inside of the Christian church, that we will give spiritual leaders a pass, right? If they're charismatic, like when I mean charismatic, I don't mean, you know, the charismatic faith. I mean, if they're this great speaker or they have all this knowledge or whatever, we just give them a pass. And... Really, you never do that with any leader. And I've taught my children, even when I sit inside, you know, when we would go to church, and I love my pastor, but we would always talk about what he taught. And and I would say, you know, well, I don't know if I necessarily agreed with that because of this scripture, teaching my children that you know, and then Paul said this, he told this to the Bereans, he said, check out everything that I say uh, against the word of God. And so, you know, there's a lot of spiritual abuse that can happen even inside the Christian church if we just give people a pass because they have a title, you know what I'm saying, In, inside of the yeah. church. And to me, that that's one of the reasons why I love the word is because it does give me confidence as a woman that I can, um, that I can discern truth that sets me free and that, that I can know that. But anyway, I just wanted to bring that piece out that there's a, um, there's an automatic trust that's given to whoever the prophet is that it's like thus, thus saith the Lord. And so, yeah. um, and if that gets in the hands of a very unhealthy person, like that would not be good, you know. So, no. um, so anyway, so so um, so you 
you um, were drawn into that, but then you said, let me look and see, is this Mormon faith? Like what all these claims, like before I just said, no, this is true, but now I'm going to look into it to see if it is. And what did you find? Yeah, Mormonism is such an interesting thing because they teach you, especially as a child, you know, the bare minimum. They don't go into nitty gritty details and, and there are all these things that are sacred or secret about the temple and deep doctrine that people try to not dive into because it's too hard to understand. Mm -hmm. So once you've kind of slowly been cooked, so to speak, in the church, mm -hmm. you know, they don't put you right in the boiling hot water. They slowly mm -hmm. cook you these things become normal to you. You don't think it sounds crazy. Mm -hmm. But the fact that my eyes were wide open now and my heart was totally open, I was able to, to see things like, mm, that's not right. Or I don't think that's what God actually wants. And I don't know. And so I started leaning on the Bible and saying, all right, I'm going to compare these things. I need to study the Bible and know it. And the messed up thing about Mormonism is how much they skew your brain about the Bible because you have the Bible, right? Mormons use the King James version of the Bible, but Joseph Smith altered it. So it's like you have a chapter in Matthew, but then you read the Joseph Smith version, his translation of Matthew, and it says something different to back up Mormon teachings. Mm. So you think, no, the Bible does match with the Book of Mormon. The Bible does match mm -hmm. with what Mormonism teaches, but it doesn't. It's the skewed version of the Bible that mm -hmm. matches it. Mm -hmm. So when I just relied on the Bible alone and none of the cross verses of, with the Mormon version and the Mormon teachings, I realized like, oh, the Bible doesn't talk about three kingdoms of glory and three levels of heaven. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't even mention this. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I just, my, my eyes were really open to all these things and especially the history of the Mormon church. Really, it just comes down to the fact that that can't be of God. I don't care that these are imperfect people. Of course, they're going to make mistakes, but, mm -hmm. you know, sending married men on missions across the country and then secretly marrying their wives so you can have sex with them. Like mm -hmm. th that's not of God. Mm -hmm. And 14 year old girls and threatening them like mm -hmm. gosh there's no way like that that person just can't be of god that right. can't be a prophet right and like you said with polygamy and all that so once that comes crumbling down and then once you realize the book of mormon is made up it's plagiarized it's not actually what you thought it was like mormons are taught it is an actual historical record mm -hmm. it's not <laughs> So then there's no truth in it. I don't care how good it is. I don't care how many morals it teaches you or how good they are with their family activities and their mm -hmm. service and their humanitarian efforts. Mm -hmm. Awesome. It's a great organization in some ways, but it's just not true. So I'm not going to devote my entire life and my money and teaching my kids these things if it's not true. I just can't. Right, right, right. Yeah, and I um I watched the YouTube video that you did on um and I can't remember the C S letters or the something. C E S letter. Yeah, where mm -hmm. you really and I was like, This I love this woman because she I mean, I think it took a lot of courage to do to do what you did, not just going along with what you know, with what you had always been taught, but really just digging in and, and looking. Um, and so if you're interested in that, again, 
go and subscribe to her YouTube channel. Um, and it's not all about the Mormon church. There's lots of cute videos too. Lots of fun <laughs> stuff on fashion, parenting, all that sort of stuff. So, um, but, uh, but so you'll love connecting with, with Haley that way. Um, so however, um, now that you found that that wasn't true, um, because a lot of people that leave the Mormon church too, they're like, I'm done with all religion. I'm just D O N E done, 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 done. Um, so the Lord had kind of wet your appetite for Christianity. Um, but was there some hesitation even in, you know, believing something different or looking even like, you know, donning the doors of a, of a Christian church? Honestly, I, it, oh man, it makes me emotional thinking about it. I did not have a single hesitation. None. Mm. I just knew that God had done so much for my life and that he was involved in every step of it, even mm -hmm. through my experiences as a Mormon. Mm -hmm. And he was leading me the entire way. And keep in mind, at the same time, as I'm discovering that Mormonism isn't true, my very devout, lifelong Mormon husband is saying, I can't be with you anymore then. Mm. So... I'm dealing with my marriage falling apart, mm -hmm. my religion falling apart. Mm -hmm. And yet I had no fear. Like Mormons threaten you wow. with this idea of families being together forever. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't keep your covenants that you made in the temple, your family isn't going to be together forever in the celestial kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I had no fear of that. I wasn't afraid to leave Mormonism. I wasn't afraid for my family to fall apart because I knew it wasn't true. And I knew that God was showing me that it wasn't me. I wasn't looking for a way out. I wasn't looking for an excuse to sin or leave Mormonism. Mm -hmm. People think, Oh, you just wanted to stop wearing garments. So you could wear short shorts and tank tops. No, let, let's break that down just for listeners that you at the Mormon church, you have to wear garments like under your clothes and all of that yeah. like during the day. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's your underwear. You wear it day and night, 24 seven. It's a short sleeve shirt and knee length shorts that you wear as underwear under all your clothes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I live in Arizona, it's hot and people think, oh, you just wanted to wear immodest clothing. Like, no, it wasn't that at all. I, I just knew it wasn't true. And I wasn't afraid that God was going to punish me for not keeping, you know, those covenants. I have friends who said, I'm afraid if I don't wear my garments and I get in a car accident, I'll die. What? Oh, wow. Yeah. Like they truly live their life in fear of God punishing them if they don't mm -hmm. keep all these covenants they made in the temple. And mm -hmm. I just didn't have that anymore. I knew that God was leading me through this entire thing, even my marriage falling apart. There's mm -hmm. got to be a reason for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And go ahead. No. So, so you had that courage because you knew that God was leading you. And so you, you could follow him, not knowing exactly where you were going to end up, but you knew that he was in it. Um, yes. And that it was truth that was guiding your steps. So, yeah. So where did he lead you first? So I had um, this woman who had been following me for years on YouTube and social media. And I, I knew she was, a like religious sociologist or something. I knew she knew a lot about religion and I can't tell you other than it was God whispering in my ear what to do. I reached out to her and said, I know you study religions, 
can I talk to you about this? And she's like, I have been praying for you for years to come to find the real Jesus. I would have never reached out to you on my own and said, Hey, if you want to know Mormonism isn't true, let me tell you about it. Like she never said anything, but Mm -hmm. for some reason I knew I had to reach out to her Mm -hmm. and she helped me kind of make sense of the differences between Mormonism and Christianity. And she actually did a lot of research for me because I told her, I want to find a new church. Like I'm not going to go to Mormon church ever again. I went one Sunday and the first thing that I heard when I walked in on Sunday was um, like loving God isn't enough. Believing in God isn't enough. And if we don't keep all of our covenants and keep all the commandments he's asked of us, we will not get to be with him again. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Okay. I, it was pretty dark, the, the mm-hmm. thing that was said. I can't remember exactly what it was, mm-hmm. but I knew I didn't ever want to step foot in a Mormon church again. And mm-hmm. so she did some research for me and found Christian churches in my area and mm-hmm. recommended one to me. Mm-hmm. And I went and every Sunday, everything that I heard, I just sat there by myself, I actually stood there because in this Christian church, there's a band and you stand and worship. It's so different from Mormonism. Right. So right. I'm standing there with all this loud music. And I'm like, I feel so weird being by myself because usually I have my husband mm-hmm. and my kids, but mm-hmm. I'm alone and I'm here. And mm-hmm. every Sunday, the, the sermons that were given, the music, I cried every Sunday. It was meant for me. Everything mm. they said was meant for me. Mm. So God just met you right there. You weren't alone. You weren't alone. God was right there with you. How awesome, too, that God put a woman in your life that was just praying for you and never judged you, just prayed and prayed and prayed, and then right at the right moment that she was there, um, that she was there to help you. That's so beautiful. So, So you're in church, and you're worshiping, and now... Um, and now you've, you're starting to build this, this new journey. Um, and there's a lot of new things going on inside of your life, you know, um, which is amazing. It's really awesome. And I bet like a little crazy too, <laughs> So you know, I mean, just, it's wild. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, just the adventure, but just just so, um, just so beautiful. I'd love to know, do you have a favorite verse? Um, uh, I hate it. I hate to say it. It's, it was my ex-husband's favorite verse too. It was, um, what it's like Psalms three, six or something. Trust thy God with all thy heart, lean not unto thine own understanding or Something like that. I can't remember exactly what it says, but basically put your God in trust. Rely on him for everything. Don't trust yourself. Trust him. Trust and him. Yep. Proverbs 3, four, 4 and 6. Yeah. Yeah. I love that okay. verse. I love that verse. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you've done. That's what you've done. I mean, yeah, that's been the theme of my life for the past year and especially the past six months when um, I came out to the world. You know, I had to tell the world this is not true. The thing I've been preaching and trying to convince you guys of for the past five years, Mm -hmm. I was wrong. Mm -hmm. It's not true. Mm -hmm. And I had to admit that my marriage fell apart, that I was getting divorced. Mm -hmm. I had to 
be a single mom. I had to like start over mm-hmm. going to a new religion, leaving everything behind mm-hmm. friends, my culture, my social media. I mean, everything changed and mm-hmm. it was a lot, but honestly, like I remember so clearly sitting on my bed and thinking how on earth could my marriage be falling apart at the exact same time as my religion is falling apart? This is not a coincidence. God is literally rewriting my whole life for me, taking me wherever he wants me to go. And I've used this analogy a lot of like a current, like a river. And I'm trying to kind of climb upstream because I think I know what God wants. And I think I know what the best plan and path is for me. But Ooh, he just takes me downstream, takes me where he wants me to go and shows me things that I didn't know were possible. It's yeah. crazy. Amen. Amen. What does God's grace mean to you? And that's been such a fascinating thing for me to discover. And, oh man, it makes me so emotional because I've been in therapy for over a year now and I've learned a lot about myself and the things that I personally have struggled with my entire life of feeling like I'm not enough and I have to be perfect and I have to do better. Mm -hmm. And I have to have all these lists and I need to check these things off the list to prove that I'm worthy and that I'm enough and that I'm good Mm -hmm. and that I'm going to make it or that Mm -hmm. someone will love me because I did all these things. Mm -hmm. And that's not only been a part of my romantic relationships, but also part of my relationship with God. And Mm -hmm. I felt like, when I had left the Mormon church the first time when I was in college, I said to God, when I came back, like, I'm never going to do anything to screw this up again. I'm going to do everything I can to follow the commandments and keep my covenants because I don't ever want to screw this up. There's too much at risk, losing my family, losing my church membership, losing my eternal life with you, God, because Mormons believe only if you get to the highest level of heaven will you be with God and Jesus mm-hmm. <laughs> or, mm-hmm. and your family. Mm-hmm. And I just, I couldn't do anything to screw it up. I had to be perfect for the sake of my family. And I just lived way too many years of my life trying to do everything perfectly out of fear that I won't be worthy, that I won't be enough, that I won't be loved. Mm-hmm. And even though God had shown me he, his hand was in my life and he was involved in the details and he loved me, I felt like I was constantly getting conflicting messages telling me, no, you're not enough. No, you screw up. You get in trouble. You get the sacrament taken away from you. You get your temple recommend taken away from you. You get your family taken away from you. Like it is horrible. And so once I realized like God's infinite love and his mercy and his grace and Mormons don't even use the cross. I don't know if people are aware of that. And it's because they say they focus more on Christ's life and his resurrection than his death. Mm -hmm. But when Mm -hmm. I became a Christian, I would say, and started focusing more on the cross and his Mm -hmm. sacrifice for me and his love for me Mm -hmm. and how he took everything on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I learned more about that grace. Like it's life changing. And I'm not going to lie. I still struggle because I've been programmed my whole life to basically believe I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy and I'm not lovable if I'm not perfect. But Mm -hmm. the comfort in knowing that I don't have to live my life in fear because God knows my heart and he knows my love for him and my desire to follow him and how I tried to turn my life over to him. The fact that he knows me and the fact that Christ's grace covers everything I do. Mm -hmm. 
it's just life changing. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's awesome. And that, that is one thing that has blessed me as I have, um, just listened to different stories of people that have left the Mormon church and have started following, um, Christ and reading their Bible is the beautiful appreciation for grace and the gratitude, you know, that, that everybody feels. And, and I will tell you that there's this great verse in Colossians. It's in the first chapter and, um, Paul is talking to this church and, and he, you know, tells them, um, that they stand blameless before God. But then he says, you are going to have to, um, you know, remember this truth so that you don't drift away from it. And yeah. I tell women all the time, I'm like, you know, if, if the enemy can get us thinking that we're not good enough, that we're, you know, in our thought life, then, then he's got us. And so to, to me still, it's even a daily, um, affirmation of, you know, of just embracing God's grace and, and living in it. it it's a daily, a daily, um, gift to, you know, to, to open up for the rest of my life, which is awesome. So, um, but yeah, but that's, so I just encourage you that way. And I just think you're amazing. And, um, and the decisions that you've made, the courageous decisions that you've made are, um, are truly extraordinary. And I can't wait to see what else God does with your life. <laughs> oh man, I, I don't know. It is so crazy. Everything that's happened. I found, you know, I got divorced and I found a man who's, open-minded and loves Jesus too and wants to have a Christ-centered home with me and who doesn't, you know, look down on me for my beliefs and who's open-minded to what I believe and we can share our feelings and he wants to have Christ at the center and it's just so different and living like a Christian life full of like safety. I feel safe. I feel mm -hmm. safe in teaching mm -hmm. my kids about Jesus and in taking them to Christian church. And I, I just feel, yeah, protected. Like God's got me. Mm, that's awesome. I just keep thinking about that verse. Perfect love drives out all fear. And that's what you've experienced, which is, which is amazing, which is amazing. So, well, this was so fabulous getting to know you. I just, um, so appreciate your time and sharing your story and, you know, our stories are so powerful, and Haley, you never know today, um, or Hallie, excuse me, you never know today what you've shared, who that is going to touch. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I hope so. Like, it's crazy seeing the things that God has done in my life, and it came during a really dark and horrible time, but I know that he can work in everyone's life, no matter how dark and the mistakes they've made, anything like he's a miracle worker. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He certainly is. He is the, the way maker, the miracle yeah. worker and our ultimate promise keeper and the grace giver. Thank you so much for joining us today. And, uh, Hallie, thank you for your time. And if you're listening today and perhaps 
you are following the Mormon Church and you want to know more about the Lord and about the truth, I want to invite you to go to our website. We've got lots of resources that can help you on your walk through the Word as you dive into truth and become all that God has created you to be. Thanks so much for listening in. Have a great week. Bye-bye.